Chapter twenty six of Science in Short Chapters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in July two thousand nineteen. Science in Short Chapters by W. Mathieu Williams. Chapter twenty six the colouring of green tea the following is a copy of my report to the grocer on a sample of the ingredients actually used by the chinese for colouring of tea which sample was sent to the grocer office by a reliable correspondent at shanghai november eighteen seventy three i reprint it because the subject has a general interest and is commonly misunderstood I have examined the blue and the yellowish-white powders received from the office, and find that the blue is not indigo, as your Shanghai correspondent very naturally supposes, but is an ordinary commercial sample of Prussian blue. It is not so bright as some of our English samples, and by mere casual observation may easily be mistaken for indigo. Prussian blue is a well-known compound of iron, cyanogen and potassium commercial samples usually contain a little clayey or other earthy impurities which is the case with this chinese sample there are two kinds of prussian blue the insoluble and the basic or soluble the chinese sample is insoluble this is important seeing that we do not eat our tea leaves but merely drink an infusion of them and thus even the very small quantity which faces the tea-leaf remains with the spent leaves and is not swallowed by the tea-drinker who therefore need have no fear of being poisoned by this ornamental adulterant its unsolubility is obvious from the fact that green tea does not give a blue infusion which would be the case if the prussian blue were dissolved there are some curious facts bearing on this subject and connected with the history of the manufacture of prussian blue messrs bramwell of newcastle on tyne who may be called the fathers of this branch of industry established their works about a century ago it was first sold at two guineas per pound in eighteen fifteen it had fallen to ten shillings sixpence in eighteen twenty to two shillings sixpence and then down to one shilling ninepence in eighteen fifty i see by the price current of the oil trade review that the price has recently been somewhat higher in the early days of the trade a large portion of messrs bramwell's produce was exported to china the chinese then appear to have been the best customers of the british manufacturers of this article presently however the chinese demand entirely ceased and it was discovered that a common chinese sailor who had learned something of the importation of this pigment to his native country came to england in an east india man visited or more probably obtained employment at a prussian blue manufactory learned the process and on his return to china started there a manufactory of his own which was so successful that in a short time the whole of the chinese demand was supplied by native manufacture and thus ended our export trade 
those who think the chinese are an unteachable and unimprovable people may reflect on this little history the yellowish powder is precisely what your shanghai correspondent supposes it is steatite or soapstone the name is very deceptive and coupled with the greasy or unctuous feel of the substance naturally leads to the supposition that it is really as it appears an oleaginous substance this however is not the case it is a compound of silica magnesia and water with which are sometimes associated a little clay and oxide of iron it has a curiously smooth or slippery surface and hence its name it nearly resembles meerschaum the smoothness of which all smokers understand when soapstone is powdered and rubbed over a moderately rough surface it adheres and forms a shining film just as another unctuous mineral graphite the black lead of the housemaid covers and polishes ironwork on this account soapstone is used in some lubricating compounds for giving the finishing polish to enameled cards and for other similar purposes with the statement of these properties before us and the interesting description of the process by your shanghai correspondent the whole riddle of green tea coloring and facing is solved the prussian blue and soapstone being mixed together when dry in the manner described the soapstone adheres to the surface of the particles of blue and imparts to them not only a pale greenish color but also its own unctuous adhesive and polishing properties the mixture being well stirred in with the tea leaves covers them with this facing and thus gives both the color and peculiar pearly lustre characteristic of some kinds of green tea i should add that the soapstone like the other ingredient is insoluble and therefore perfectly harmless considering the object to be attained it is evident from the above that john chinaman understands his business and needs no lessons from european chemists it would puzzle all the fellows of the chemical society though they combined their efforts for the purpose to devise a more effective cheap simple and harmless method of satisfying the foolish demand for unnaturally coloured tea-leaves when the tea-drinking public are sufficiently intelligent to prefer naturally coloured leaves to the ornamental stuff they now select mr chinaman will assuredly be glad enough to discontinue the addition of the prussian blue which costs him so much more per pound than his tea-leaves and will save him the trouble of the painting and varnishing now in demand in the meantime it is satisfactory to know that although a few silly people may be deceived nobody is poisoned by this practice of colouring green tea i say a few silly people for there can be only a few and those very silly indeed who judge of their tea by its appearance rather than by the quality of the infusion it produces with these facts before us it is not difficult to trace the origin of the oft-repeated and contradicted statement that copper is used in colouring green tea one of the essential ingredients in the manufacture of prussian blue is sulphate of iron the common commercial name which is green copperas 
it is often supposed to contain copper but this is not the case your shanghai correspondent overrates the market value of soapstone when he supposes that chinese wax may be used as a cheap substitute in many places as for instance the lizard district of cornwall great veins of this mineral occur which if needed might be quarried in vast abundance and at very little cost on account of its softness the romantic scenery of kynan's cove its caverns its natural arches the devil's bellows the devil's post office the devil's cauldrons and other fantastic formations of this part of the coast attributed to his satanic majesty or the druids are the natural results of the waves beating away the veins of soft soapstone and leaving the deformed skeleton rocks of harder serpentine behind. End of section 26